on this episode of the World of Concat Podcast. It's really all about this. We're going to St. Vincent the Grenadines. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is the World of Concrete Podcast. I'm Eric Smith. And I'm Donald Wine. And unfortunately, Jonathan could not join us this week, but we do have a very special replacement guest. I want to introduce him. You may know him from uh, his time uh, representing Visa as a uh, <laughs> doing publicity for big credit card. Um, no, he, they recognize him from the many videos that we took in St. Vincent. Yeah. That's yes. clearly where this is clearly where he's famous. Yes, uh, he is very famous. I'm sure you've seen him at games and he is a wonderful person and a dear friend of ours. Uh, Vishal Patel. Vishal, can you say hi to the people? You might want to unmute before you do. Yes, it's me. Credit card influencer. <laughs> Vishal Patel. I'm very <laughs> excited to be joining my first podcast. Uh, Vishal, I should note, is a supporter of the podcast. He is a patron. And if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash podcacaf, P-O-D-cacaf, and hear all the exclusive bonus content we've got on there. Uh, we'll be doing a one more round with Vish after we finish recording here that you'll be able to hear there. Um, anything supports making this podcast happen. And we do also have a Discord now. So... If you want to chatter about CONCACAF at any time, we're there. So feel free to join. But this is our 21st CONCACAF Laser Focus. We are officially at the midway point of CONCACAF. Um, And before we get started, I do want to say that this episode is really the reason that we started this podcast. Um, So we had taken a trip, the three of us, to St. Vincent back in 2016 we're going to talk about it but like that experience is why you know we fell in love with CONCACAF especially CONCACAF away um so I'm just really excited to finally get to this I wanted to save it until we had done enough episodes that we felt good about where we were going um Donald is there anything better than St. Vincent and the Grenadines hell no I mean look like you said this is the reason why this show exists this is we we teased the trip for months and months, and then uh, unfortunately uh, we we left y'all hanging after the trip. So we apologize for that. But I promise you, you want to learn about this country. It's one of our favorites, and uh, we've had two stellar trips there. So uh, I'm ready to just talk about it. Let's just talk about it. Yes, let's talk about it. So this week's Concacaf laser focus. I say this week, even though we haven't done an episode in like a month and a half. But this week's Concacaf laser focus is St. Vincent the Grenadines. Donald, can you tell us a little bit about St. Vincent and the Grenadines? Yes, so let's focus on St. Vincent because that's really the big island here. Uh, Of course, most people would say that this island was discovered by some people, namely some dude named Christopher Columbus. He, quote, discovered this in 1498, but there were merry Indian people on the islands long before he got there. So, the island actually was originally named Yolomain. I'm excuse me, Yolomain by the native Kalina people. There's also a few other tribes that were on the island that kind of call themselves native Carib Indies. 
Um, but in 1498, Christopher Columbus discovered it, giving it the name St. Vincent. Despite attempts by the English and the Dutch, uh, the French were the first to colonize the island. They brought slaves to work plantations. Some of the things that you may see that's involved in a lot of the food there, sugar, coffee, indigo, tobacco, cotton, cocoa. Some of those things are all uh, part of the culture here at St. Vincent. But during the Seven Years' War, which is random because the Seven Years' War didn't involve the Caribbean, but during the Seven Years' War, the English captured St. Vincent and drove the French away. However, this time, the island Caribs were basically like, nah, players, like, y'all over here, yo, first you colonize us, then you try to take us over. We're not having it. So they actually had a conflict for two years. And the treaty of, um, uh, there was a treaty in 1773 that ended the conflict. They actually had to sit down at the table with the island Caribs and be like, look, let's stop fighting. Now, the French and English kept fighting each other over the island, but the Treaty of Versailles, again, not related to this island, but related in the course of history, the Treaty of Versailles is what granted the island to Great Britain after all. Now, I'll, I'll talk about the other stuff in a minute, but I want to focus on something that has been kind of a an issue on the island over the past couple hundred years, and that is volcanic eruptions. Uh, La Soufriere, which is the main volcano on the island, is an active volcano and has been active for several hundred years the one of the biggest eruptions that it had was in 1812 it can basically everything that had been built on the island was destroyed by la soufriere during that eruption in 1812 they rebuilt it back and in 1902 it erupted again this time there was more people on the island it killed about 2,000 people farmland was damaged the economy kind of deteriorated because there was no one left there and also again not a lot of places to uh, rebuild Again, they finally rebuilt. It has erupted twice since then in April of 1979. Thousands were evacuated. No one was killed. And unfortunately, we I think we talked about it early on in the history of this show. In 2021, it erupted again. It, it caused a lot of considerable damage uh, on the island. So um, I think you know when we talk about us going to the island a second time, it was our first time since that eruption occurred. And thankfully, it has recovered uh, for the most part. From that eruption. Now, it is an independent country now. In April, I'm sorry, in October of 1979, St. Vincent and the Grenadines gained full independence, and that is now their Independence Day. They opted to remain within the Commonwealth. So the you know, then Queen Elizabeth II and now Charles III is the monarch and the head of state of St. Vincent. There was a referendum in 2009 to try and adopt a new constitution that would remove the monarch as the head of state and it failed. So currently right now it is, a, it is a member of the Commonwealth of Nations where it feels like it will be there for a while, but there's been factions of people throughout the years who have tried to get them uh, on a path towards full independence without uh, the British monarchy as a head of state. So that's a little bit about the history quickly about the culture guys. I want to tell you about a few people that you might know that either are from St. Vincent or have St. Vincent heritage. Okay. Okay. Now, Adonald Foyle, famous basketball player. He is of Venetian descent. Jesse Lingard, plays for Manchester United, Venetian descent. Kevin Little, turn me on, turn me on. <laughs> he is from St. Vincent. He is St. Vincent's wow. like main dude when it comes to uh, Soka and Calypso, the, the music. Uh, Sophia Young, Ezra Hendrickson who was yeah. uh, formerly the co uh, most recently the coach of the Chicago Fire, is from St. Vincent. And finally, one that you may not realize 
he has the Venetian descent. Twenty one Savage. Yes, oh. twenty one Savage. He of British uh, citizenship who actually got deported from the United States for a little bit a couple years ago. He has St. Vincent heritage. So there's a few uh, for your trivia uh, next time you're out. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about the important things about the culture, like the food um, and especially the beverages coming up. But this is also a soccer podcast. We should talk about the soccer. Um, Don brought up that independence came in 1979. Independence also brought the St. Vincent Grenadines Football Federation, founded in 1979 members of CONCACAF since 1986, and members of FIFA since 1988. Uh, known as the Vinci Heat, the women are also known as the Lady Heat. We'll dive into that quickly, but just some soccer background. Uh, their national stadium, Arnos Vale Playing Field, it's a cricket ground. So if you go watch a game there, it is maybe the most Caribbean experience you'll get. Um, this, the, the background of the stadium is just hills. It's this giant cricket ground with soccer field in the middle, um, located next to the old airport, which we'll get into airports later. Um, the men's side, they have a full fledged t- league system. They've got a premier division as well as a lower tier first division, uh, about 30 teams between the islands. Um, on the women's side, they actually have a pretty built-out women's league as well. Uh, their premier division is seven teams with three zones in the first division of comprised of 20 total teams. Uh, so it's a pretty great soccer culture. And one of the things we found when we were researching for doing this episode is that related to soccer, it's ingrained in the culture. In St. Vincent, they've got a prisons soccer tourney. So the most recent edition just wrapped up in May of 2023, won by C Block. The teams in this competition were A Block, B Block, C Block, D Block. Uh, just it's a five aside, the prisons behind the walls, five aside street soccer tournament. Uh, this year's was won by C Block. The picture they've got posted here on this uh, Eyewitness News St. Vincent Grenadines article, uh, the dudes on the championship team were wearing purple CONCACAF pennies, and I really think that has probably powered them. We're, we're going to post this on the uh, Twitter account, so definitely check that out. Uh, the interesting thing about this, so it's five-a-side tournament. They split up the different blocks of the prison. So after the tournament was over, they got they took players from each of the teams and they played the guards in a game. And the prisoners beat the guards this year two to nil as a, at the conclusion. So they've been doing this five aside tournament since 2018. The last couple of years they've had those prisoners versus guards game, and the prisoners won. We got a real life longest yard <laughs> game going on down in St. Vincent. Absolutely incredible. Uh it just shows like the depth of the culture of soccer in this wonderful chain of islands. Um, also, also real quickly, uh, you mentioned the nickname Vinci heat. Can we just say that as a top five international nickname, like top three, I, the, top three, it ain't three. Like 
There is yeah. very few teams on this planet that have a nickname better than Vincey Heat. That's just, and it's phenomenal because the the way, like, they don't ever say the same Vincent the Grenadines men's national team or women's national team. They're yeah. like, Vincey Heat is playing yeah. tomorrow. It's not, and when you hear that, it's just, it's just, it, it, it makes you shudder. You're like, oh, this is going to be epic. It's not even love Vincey Heat. It is Vincey Heat. Vincey, no V. That. Yeah. It's like Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to support the St. Vincent the Grenadines Football Federation, the jerseys for the national team are for sale. If you go to scoresports.com, score is a is a United States based soccer supplier. They sell the national team jerseys. They got three kits. They got a green, they got a gold, and they got a blue. And they are all fire. I got the gold. Stuff. I've worn it. I've I mean, obviously the listeners haven't seen it, but I wore it in St. Vincent, but I also have worn it on this show uh once before. I didn't do it tonight because it, it it's it's hanging in the closet. It's it's almost it's almost retired at this point, where the way it should be. Yeah, for sure. Um, just touching on the women's national team, the Lady Heat. Or I'm sorry, Lady Heat. I guess uh, they're currently ranked 156 in the world. Their highest rank ever was 92 in 2003. Uh, coming up next for them, they've got Concacaf W Gold Cup qualification this fall. They're in League B. Uh, their group has them: Dominican Republic, Bermuda. Barbados talk about a dream travel group um, with those countries. The winner of that group will advance to the playoffs to play for a spot in the CONCACAF W gold cup next summer. Uh, they've never qualified for the women's world cup or the CONCACAF W championship, but we are cheering on the squad in this campaign. Uh, Donald Vincey heat. Give me, give me the rundown on so they are 178th in the FIFA rankings for the men. Their highest rank was 73rd. That was back in October of 2007. Now you mentioned that the federation has kind of been around since like the set, like 1979 or so, whenever they uh, declared independence, but they've been playing since 1936. They played their first match in 1936. They played a series of uh, matches, two series against Barbados, each of them, uh, home and away. Each of them ended in a 1-1 draw, so they scored in their very first ever game, which a lot of these islands can't really say, depending on who they played. Um, the great thing is they used to play in a tournament called the Windward Islands Tournament. It was in the 1960s and 70s. I don't know why this doesn't exist today because this is something that the I bet you that if this was around, the podcast would be founded based on that because we would be there every single year. St. Vincent has won that tournament on two occasions, 1965-1966. They were also runners-up to Haiti in 1979 and the Trinidad-Tobago in 1981. Now, their golden years, if you call them that, were 1995 and 1996. 1995, that was their best finish at the Caribbean Cup. They were runners-up to Trinidad and Tobago there. But then the next year, they made the Gold Cup for the first time, and so far, the only time. Um, and they didn't make it out of the group stage, but that was kind of the run that they had, 1995-1996. They have not made a World Cup. They're in the uh, League B of uh, Nations League, and honestly, they have been on the cusp of getting promoted to League A. They've had a couple slip-ups uh, in previous in, uh, iterations of the Nations League, but hopefully this is an opportunity for them to succeed and get back to League A, or for the United States, maybe it's an opportunity for them to get relegated so that we can play St. Vincent once again. They did play once in 2016, which is obviously why we went to the island for the first time 
And so I think that's a good segue. Talk about. Yeah, yeah I think it was, this, this is time for our let's get a bucket segment. Uh, and we're going to get a bucket with our friend Vishal. Uh, you can go ahead and unmute now. You can join the conversation. Oh, thank uh, you. Uh, I'm so glad that you joined us. I think the plan has always been to have you on for this episode. Mm -hmm. um, just because, you know, this really is the best, you know, experience we've had. So just Donald mentioned it. So the U.S. played St. Vincent and the Grenadines in a World Cup qualifier in September of 2016. It's the first time the U.S. had ever played on the island. Um, the three of us went. Vishal, let's just go with what what are your initial memories from that trip? Yeah, I mean, so I think maybe listeners know this or they don't. The thing about St. Vincent is it is this tiny little idyllic paradise. I mean, it is a chain of jewels all the way <laughs> to the south that most, at least American tourists, do not know about. You know, when we think of American tourist destinations, you think Bahamas, you think Jamaica. I can go through a whole, you know, Beach Boys song. That's a different story. <laughs> but but St. Vincent isn't on that list. And when you land there, it is just absolutely stunning and gorgeous. But we experienced both airports. In mm -hmm. early airport days, it was also kind of a trip to get there. So there were no nonstop flights from the United States uh, when we went in 2016. Uh, we had to fly and connect through Rihanna's own Barbados. <laughs> which was also awesome because then you have like a layover, you have Bajan food and yeah. Bacon and with you, a side of shrimp. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then you just have this tiny little hop over to uh, St. Vincent and uh, what an excellent few days. And obviously, you know, back then from an infrastructure standpoint, uh, we were all, you know, there's there not a lot of big hotels. So we we're all staying pretty much at the same hotel. And I, I remember checking in and when my sister and I checked in the hotel, just in the lobby is Jeff Carlisle. And it's, you know, everybody associated with that game was basically staying together. Um, and, and it's not like a, we were at a hotel called Beachcombers. It wasn't like, you know, awesome. Marriott or a Hilton. It was, mm -hmm. it was a mom, like at, for all intents and purposes, the mom and pop hotel. Like it was, it looked like a series of houses that yes. people were just yeah. like, yeah, stay here. This is yeah. the room. And uh, and then obviously Schmitty found uh, this amazing little bar that just was also like paradise just in and of itself <laughs> on a little secluded cove. Uh, I really, you know, those who cannot make it to that game, uh, I I don't think they fully appreciate, you know, what they missed out. I mean, St. Vincent is, again, also so small. There's no dedicated U.S. embassy or consulate there. Mm -hmm. So U.S. embassy staff came from, correct me if I'm wrong, from Barbados. Mm -hmm. that game right so yeah um yeah it was just an incredible experience incredible food and like you said it was the inspiration for this podcast yeah um i mean i want to say there were maybe 20 to 25 u.s fans that had made the trip yeah so including media including all the fans including people from the embassy coming in like there were a handful of people and we all got to hang out together and it was wonderful. Uh, going back to the airport. So the original airport on the island, E.T. Joshua, it's on like the south end of the island. And you basically come in and it's you need to be on a puddle jumper. Like it cannot land jumbo jets. Like it was for a small island airport. 
and you got to land and hit the brakes hard. And you get off the plane, you walk across the tarmac, you go into this little, little airport where there's one room that you walk into that's customs and you're just standing in line. There were like two people to check in a plane. So famously, as you might have heard on an earlier episode of this podcast, uh, Grant Wall, the late great, um, had beaten us into St. Vincent by a couple days uh, and caused like a national kerfuffle because he was like talking about how ridiculous it was waiting to get through customs there. Like there were 40 people on the plane and he was there for like three hours trying to get just through the airport. You know, and the airport was like two rooms, right? The one yeah. room was immigration yeah. and the other room was the people waiting to get a on terminal. the plane that you yeah. just got off of. Like <laughs> it wasn't oh. like it wasn't like an airport that you could have multiple flights, multiple gates. It was one. It was it wasn't even a gate. It was just one room. <laughs> and whenever that whatever plane landed, they were just like, all right, get those people off the plane. We'll process them. And then those same people would go over and then put the other people on the plane. And then that plane would just. Go back on the runway and take off. It was a room with a desk, 20 chairs, and a door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like you, it's like yeah. the gate, you you walked out the door. That's that's what you did. And um just the experience, because Grant went through, like told the world that it's like, oh, this took forever. This is ridiculous. By the time we got there, we were in and out of there in 15 minutes. So, you know, bless Grant forever. I know I'm glad we got to thank him on the podcast self uh, for, you know, plowing a path for us to get through customs <laughs> there. Um, and you walk outside and it's just like you're on the street, essentially. Yeah. We had grabbed a cab, went over to Beachcombers and like the hotel, there were like four or five buildings, maybe, but yeah. there was like a restaurant with a pool attached right on the water. And we just, we spent half of the trip just hanging out in that restaurant, the bar phenomenal, the room selection phenomenal. Um, I think my friend and I that had gone together, we like opened a tab our first night and just put all our drinks on it for the three, three, four nights that we were there. It came out to like, $50 a person for the whole trip, like US, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but as Vish mentioned, part of this trip was in doing research, I found this nice little tiki bar not far from our hotel. And this tiki bar is my favorite place on the planet. It's called Float Beach Bar. It is located at Blue Lagoon Marina. Um, around just past Arno's Vale uh, right off the highway there and this place right on the water they got a nice little dock uh just like a shack with a bar huts you know for some cover like a, a swing right on the beach just you know feral chickens walking around and just like I cannot express in words like the level of vibes of this place donald it was like, so peaceful it was so peaceful like we we the first time we went we went with like i think it was maybe like what six or seven of us it wasn't yeah. that many 
Yeah, and like shout out to the crafts they were with us. Uh yeah. I think was Whipple with us, I think maybe. I um think Whipple was, my friend was, and then we're um down in Brandy with us too. Yes, they were. Yeah. So it was yeah. about 10 people. And they're like, hey, do you guys want to start with a bucket of beers? We're like, yes, we'll start with a bucket of beers. But they're like, well, it's 10 for 60. And we're like, 10 for 60 bucks, that's not bad. And they're like, 60 Eastern Caribbean, which is like 20 bucks. And so at that point, we were like, ball game. We're, we're, <laughs> we're ready to play. And I think we were there for about three hours, like just kind of watch the sunset. There's also, uh, there's like a another island where people stay that's a, almost directly across from float. So you could see kind of people, you know, kind of, you know, boating out to the island. Not like, I mean, it's maybe like uh, you could swim there if you were a strong swimmer. It'd probably take you like 15 minutes, but it, it just the the scenery, the vibes, the price, like everything about it was just perfect. And it's exactly what being the like people think being the Caribbean is just like you know, going to a resort and sitting on the beach and having, you know, some dude put a drink in your hand every five seconds and you're just, you know, vibing out. This is way better than that. Like it, it's in Smitty is like you said, it's hard to explain properly what that feeling was, but I know the three of us lived it. And it was so nice we had to do it twice. Yeah. Now, I, I must say, this place, the best popcorn chicken I've ever had in my life. Absolutely incredible. I cannot. Oh, God. I flew to the island again just to go get <laughs> that popcorn chicken. Just the best, the best food. Everything we've ever tried there was phenomenal. But I do want to focus on the high room. Hyrun, like as far as Caribbean beers go, where do you guys place it? Is it? I think it's top tier. Yeah, I think I would put Hyrun up near the top. I mean, uh, you think of, you know, obviously Carob, Red Stripe. Uh, you know, we I think we've all between the three of us have tried a decent number of beers through these mm-hmm. islands, and Hyrun. It's got to be one of the top tropical beers in the world. I, I don't think that's there's any exaggeration. And going back to the chicken for a second, I know listeners of this particular podcast know that Schmitty is a chicken connoisseur, but I can also back him up. I, for You go to this bar and you look at just, you know, it's a very simple bar, immaculate vibes. How good could just fried chicken be? Oh. <laughs> Also, the hot sauce, like the hot sauce. That oh, they yeah, had yeah, exactly. The hot sauce. Also, remember the first trip? Shout out the chill spot because that's a we pregame. Oh, yeah, um, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't, we got, haven't got there yet. yet but yeah. I just want to mention that the hot sauce there was so good that Vishal and I literally bought a two liter a piece <laughs> full of it. They literally just took whatever hot sauce they had, it was homemade, and they just put it in a two liter soda bottle and yeah, gave exactly. it to us. Yeah, and I I packed them both and gave them and brought them up. We went to Jacksonville for our next match, and I was going to give it to Vishal. I ended up giving it to our friend who promptly lost it. Um, but <laughs> I had mine, and I'm gonna tell you that two liter bottle lasted about three weeks. It, it was like I put it on. I when you say I put that shit on everything, I put that shit on everything. Exactly. I just awesome. I I love the optics of just carrying a fucking two liter bottle of hot sauce, like a two liter soda bottle of hot. I sauce. did check my bag because customs. of it. Yeah, <laughs> like do you have anything to, anything to declare? Yeah, a two liter bottle of hot sauce. I have, two, oh, yeah, I have hot, hot sauce. 
What's the two liter bottle? Is that rum? No, no, I have a bottle of rum too, but that's hot sauce. Oh, the hot sauce is fine. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before we get any further, we should talk about the rum. Um, Captain Bly XO Special Reserve Rum. I'm holding, I got the bag in, right here. I'm showing the gentleman on the screen. Uh, bottled by St. Vincent Distillers. The world's world rum awards 2014 world's best rum winner ladies and gentlemen this is the best alcohol i've ever had in my life if i had to if i had to drink one alcoholic beverage and then die i want this like <laughs> this is, this is the smoothest most tasteful it's just absolutely perfect rum. Like you can just drink it straight. The first time we went in 2016, you could get a 750 milliliter bottle, $7 US. And it is the best rum you'll have ever had. Uh, on I, can, I can attest because the, our first day on the island, I think I drank three quarters of a bottle of one. And yes. my night ended very early. <laughs> was that Was that the night before? That was the night before, yeah. Oh, when God. we we went back from float and, and pregame at the bar, I was like, "Yo, this is the best, greatest stuff ever," and it was until it wasn't. I, I, so I pregame at the by pregame at the bar. I think you mean we just drank at the bar for mm-hmm. the entire night. The pregame went the whole night. So if this are we talking about the night uh, the night before party? Yes. yes. Okay, so not to get a little X rated, but Donald did go to bed a little bit early. And we might have all tried to wake him up uh-huh. being in his bed <laughs> while the poor man was sleeping. And I think there was got to be at least like half a dozen to ten of us like, Donald, wake up, Donald, wake up. Yes. And he was There's out. a picture. There's a picture yeah, of I'm everyone. Sure, yes. Like, I mean, when I say everyone, I mean every every American that was staying at the resort. I think was still Jeff up. Carlisle might be in the picture. Like, <laughs> everybody is on my bed. And it's just me like half eyes open like, bruh. Like this is not ending well. Um, also, like back in the day, back there because of the uh, mosquitoes, it was it was hurricane season, so yeah. it was still quite muggy, and so everyone had like mosquito netting over their beds. So people like ripped off the mosquito netting, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I just know I just see masses of people in my face. Uh, someone has a picture of it. If they do, don't post that because. <laughs> but I do want to see it. it. <laughs> if we find Tag it, we'll post it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tweet, don't tag. Don't tag. Pocket We will retweet. Um, that night before was just out of control, but that was the night before the game. So the U.S. was taking on St. Vincent. This was the second round of qualifying. Yes, it was the round before the hex. Yep. Um, when we participated in that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this was again the 2018 cycle. So really, the high point of American soccer for that four-year cycle. Yeah. Um. So the game, probably the biggest St. Vincent ever hosted. They declared a national half day holiday so people could go to the game. Like everything shut down after lunch to go to this game. It was an afternoon game. Uh, the stadium, not great lighting. So it had to be played during the day. Uh, we ended up having a pregame party at Chill Spot Bar and Grill. Uh, shout out chill spot for the um, hot sauce. The high rooms were flowing. Um, that is the one place where I've eaten shark. I had some delightful shark 
fried shark there. Uh, that was good. But actually, I want to say it might have been Grant who had like written a story about it. There's a picture of all of us at like the pregame party that he posted on Sports Illustrated. Yeah, um, for that. But yeah, I mean, like there were legitimately like 20 of us there for the game and just all hanging out at the bar before. Great vibes. We ended up walking over to the stadium for the game. The U.S. ended up winning. Go ahead. I was going to say, just leading up to that, all that we just talked about, mm-hmm. the nicest people ever. Oh, yeah, yes. Period. Yeah. There's yes. never been a trip that we've that I've been on, at least. I, I, I won't speak for anyone else, but there's not a trip I've been on where the people were nicer than they were on St. Vincent. It was in, it, just incredible. That, like It was the biggest, again, like Eric said, the biggest sporting moment at least biggest soccer moment in their country's history. And they rolled out the red carpet and they were like, tell your friends about us. And we were like, absolutely not. Because if they ain't found out by now, we're not going to tell them how cool this is. Cause we want to keep it for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I remember being in the cab, going over a chill spot and the guy we were talking about the game with a cab driver. And he's like, he's asking us what we thought the score was going to be. He's like three, one Vincey heat. Everyone was convinced St. Vincent was going to win that game. We go over to the stadium, just the vibes immaculate. They had a steel drum national anthem. Just absolutely, like, so good. I wish I could bottle that moment and just relive it over and over again because you're just like, how are we here? How is this so perfect? Like, you cannot get any more on point than that. And the crazy thing about the game is, I'm sure you guys might remember, like, St. Vincent scored early and it got called back on offside mm-hmm. when they scored i'm like oh shit <laughs> like we're not gonna lose this are we and um thankfully the boys came together and winning six nothing um another can we talk memory. about the stadium real quick though yes um, because there's a couple perks that i think people need to realize about arno's veil vale, uh stadium it's a cricket stadium so it's it's you know a big oval and we're kind of far removed from the pitch, but unlike Antigua and Barbuda, we were kind of on a corner so that we were able to be closer to the to the sideline and the inline. But we were on one end of the oval. On the other end of the oval is the airport that we were just talking about. <laughs> you could literally land. Not, I mean, when I say in arm's length away from the fence that separates the airport to the stadium, if you walked two paces, you could be from the stadium, you could hit runway. That's how close the stadium is to the old airport. And it was quite, it was great because there were some times where you could kind of hear the uh, PA announcer, and then you couldn't because a plane was landing, uh, <laughs> because it would land right next to the loudspeaker, the only loudspeaker. It didn't have a, uh, uh, a jumbotron so you couldn't see like replays or anything so you had to kind of rely on what he was saying and then there was times where like he'd be like and the United States score or yellow card or whoever it's and then all of a sudden you hear nothing because all you hear is a plane landing it's <laughs> it, it's just immaculate immaculate vibes uh do you remember us getting a case of beer from the stand and they literally gave you like a case inside the cardboard box and just like mm-hmm. here you go yeah <laughs> Also, at the end of the at the end of the game, um, I think one of the players came over. Josie Altidore. 
Well, Josie came over, like he came over on his own. Then like one of the coaches came over and they're like, wait, did you guys really come here for this game? We're like, why wouldn't we? Like we're, we're addicts. And like that coach literally just like ran over and tried to get as many players as he possibly could. Like these guys came all the way down here. Do you know, do you know what we had to do to get here? Now imagine they did that. They didn't even play. They just came to watch you play. Go, go talk to them. Uh, So we got a bunch of players came over to like, thank us for coming and kind of like, you know, just wave or whatever and slap fives and stuff. But it was, it was really cool that they were just like, wow, the commitment that you guys had, that was, that was a game that really was like, yo, you have to be committed to get here because it took a lot to figure that whole trip out the first time. Yeah. People will think you need to get committed if you're going to St. Vincent for a soccer game, but really they're the crazy ones because they missed out on all that. And mm-hmm. I will I will forever support Josie Altador because he is the one that came over. He shook every one of our hands mm-hmm. for coming and supporting the team. And I really respect that. Like when we do all this traveling, it does mean a lot when the players actually like show that it's like, man, that's awesome that you guys came. And mm-hmm. Josie was a real one for doing that. Vicious, so should we talk about from that game? Oh, from that game? I mean, I uh, there's a great, there's a great gif of fish dancing. Yeah, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was caught by uh, who was the broadcaster here in it the US? It was BN. I think it was BN Sport. Oh, then BN, yes. So uh, I was caught, you know, dancing, celebrating a goal. I guess um, not the most sensual <laughs> dance, I would say, but uh, it has been turned into a meme. Shout out Josh Kale. So yeah. yeah. Not safe for work. No, not at all, no. Yeah, and then for some reason we decided to leave the next day and go to Florida. I don't don't know why we (laughs) We had to get the hot sauce back. Yeah, that's true. We had to get the hot sauce back. We had to get the Bly back. Um, Mm -hmm. I tried to to, like milk and savor that bottle of Bly for years after that. Like I just would not let myself finish it. It's like, man, I don't... I don't know when I'll ever get back. And long story short, situations present themselves. So thanks to the greatest competition on the face of the planet, CONCACAF Nations League, uh, the U.S. got drawn into a group with Grenada. Uh, you makes a lot of sense that the Grenadines, Grenada, next to each other. So schedule comes out, and as soon as the group's drawn, I'm like, yo, we're going to St. Vincent on the way. And that was like in Vish, we had to convince a little bit, but he's like, yes, yes, we're going back. <laughs> and this March, part of the U.S. Grenada game down in Grenada, we decided to take a pit stop in St. Vincent. The three of us making a trip back, we're like, yeah, let's just go sit at float for three days. And swear to God, that's what we did. Uh, like literally when Eric said, you know, my plan is just to be at float every day when it opens, I go, well, dude, like it's a hotel. Why don't we just stay there? That way we don't have to go. We just have to be there. Like we would. And so literally we landed, went straight to check in. And I don't think, I don't even think our room was ready until like three or something like that, but float opened at two. So we were able to like grab a couple beers and, and wait. And then literally threw our bags down. And went directly to float, and I think we stayed there for like six hours. Yeah, yeah. So we and just- every every day was literally wake up, get breakfast. You got something in your stomach, 
and you're just training your body for float for the rest of the day anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, the one day we did go down into Kingstown um, in a failed attempt to try to figure out a way to ship a case of fly back. Apparently you can't ship alcohol through the mail. Um, something we found out. But uh, we went into Kingstown, got some delicious lunch at a local KFC. Um, the Island KFCs. We're going to talk about this on our one more round we do with fish, just food. Yeah. But Island KFCs, can't knock it. And I, and, and that, again, that's something I feel, you know, skeptically a lot, most of our fellow Americans don't understand. You know, you know, they look at, say, McDonald's here in the U.S. and they go, oh, how good can McDonald's be overseas? It's so much better. But KFC, the gap between KFC overseas and the KFC here is exponential. And the Island ones... They are, you know, the CONCACAF Champions League. (laughs) Yes. So we had gone into Kingstown for a little bit and then went back to Float. Just hung out Float all day. I do want to shout out the manager at Float, Hazrin. Dude dude was there when we went in 2016, was still there when we went back in 2023. He was there every other day, just taking care of us. The food was phenomenal. We basically ate the whole menu over the course of three days. Mm-hmm. But did you have anything that was bad, Donald? No. No. Like, not a single thing. Yeah. There wasn't even a thing where I was like, eh, this is fine. It was, everything was like, yo, this is... I think the worst I said was, this is really good. Yeah. That pork was so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just... Absolutely phenomenal food vibes. We just drank buckets upon buckets of high room. And then the one night I know Donald had to do some work. So Vish and I were just hanging out at the bar. And do you remember the name of the drink, Vish? I can't remember what was in it. Oh the, the key component though, and there's a reason you might not remember this. Yeah. Is that we've got photo evidence of it. It's the only reason I have good memory of it is sunset one of the uh distilleries down there they make a rum that's called literally very strong rum yes it's and too strong to be put on a plane you like, literally yes, you literally yes. cannot put it on a plane because yes. it is too flammable to go on sp- an airplane yeah the pressure could make it spontaneously combust. Like they have signs in the airport that says, if you are holding this rum, you need to let us know right now because you cannot leave with it. Yeah. And the guy made this cocktail and I mean, it was like, you didn't really notice it was the very strong. Rum. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't taste like you were drinking say Everclear or an equivalent. Uh, but yeah, I think it's one of those that hits you afterwards though. I'm trying to find the picture of the bottle to find the actual proof on it. I do have a video of us doing the drink. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to post that on the Patreon. Nice. Um, but yeah, I got pretty fucked up that night. <laughs> <laughs> so we had three wonderful days at Flow. I think it rained the one day for a little bit. Yeah, and then it was just like 80s. Sunshine, partly cloudy, rainbows, sitting up. Yes, I mean, remember it rained that one night, and we just we were underneath one of the uh, tables, 
at the bottom under the huts. Yeah. And we just moved underneath the bar. Yeah. And everyone just kept drinking. Like it was poor. I mean, it was it was a massive pour. It was, like it wasn't like, like a fifteen of us or something total. Yeah, yeah. There was like fifteen of people underneath this, you know, hut. Just oh, it's it's pouring rain. We're still drinking. We're still afloat. We're fine. Yeah. I think we figured it out after three days there. Combined, we each spent less than a hundred dollars on our tab to just yeah. get drunk and eat every meal at float. Yeah. Just <laughs> you cannot, you can't do better than that. No. Um, also, I will say that the uh, price of the brick has remained the same. Uh, yeah, from 2016, there was no inflation whatsoever. The price on the, the rums, price. it did. The rums, the rums did. went up a little bit, but the like the beer, yeah. but the still beer, 10 yeah. for 60. Yeah, yeah, which is nuts. Yeah, worth every EC dollar. Um, well, it was a wonderful trip, but it wasn't perfect. And I want to kind of let, let Vish all tell this part of the story. You don't want to leave because leaving is actually a pain in the ass. Um, so, Vish, give, can we get a little background on us trying to leave St. Vincent? So uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, like this trip idea was an amazing idea, uh, but the goal for us three, for us and our all of our friends was Grenada. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was the first time we played away to Grenada since two thousand four. So again, mm-hmm. also uh, there are a lot of people I know, friends, people I live with. Probably should have gone to that game, but that's a different story. Yeah, cowards. Like, right? So you've not, <laughs> played, you've not played away to this amazing country for 19 years. So our goal was to get there. Now, we thought if what is nearby Grenada, obviously St. Vincent and the Grenadines, let's do a few days prior. The problem, or only downside, is that there's these small puddle jumpers from St. Vincent to Grenada. We thought everything was going to be fine because, you know, like, yeah, sometimes you're on island time, you're on island airlines, but, you know, if you've got a flight, you've got a book, you know, it's got booked. They say they're going to take off that day. You're thinking at the most, maybe I'll get delayed. So we show up to the airport. Now, fast, just rewind a little bit. Earlier in the day, the airline, you're used to postponements with a lot of airlines. This was almost like a preponement. I was on calls for work. I think these two were afloat and we get an email, all of us get emails and texts saying, hey, I think the airline even tried to call us, say we're going to take off a little bit early, two hours early. Fine, that's it. You know, we're just chilling at, chilling with the vibes. It's fine. We go to the airport, four o'clock instead of six o'clock. Donald is taking care of the transportation, getting the taxi van paid off. And then I go with my bags. I'm the first one. I show up at the counter. And the lady goes, oh, where are you going to? So we're going to Grenada. She's like, that flight was canceled. No communication from the airline. And this is 4 p.m. There are a lot of details that go, a lot of yelling and arguing and back and forth. I think, what time do we end up leaving that same terminal building? I want to say it was around 8, 8.30. We were the last ones out because, mind you, our flight was supposed to take off at 7.30 originally. Yep. They originally. emailed us and said it was supposed to take off at 6 instead of 7.30. We're like, yep. okay, that's weird. But okay, we're cutting short. 
paradise mm-hmm. by a couple hours, whatever. We get there at four for a six o'clock flight and the flight is canceled. No communication for the airline whatsoever on the board. It still says it's taking off at seven 30. That board did not change until eight 15 PM. Yeah. Even at 8.15 p.m., it never said canceled. It never said – it even said arrived because the plane actually did fly from Barbados to uh, to St. Vincent in effort to pick us up. But the airline was basically said, no, we're not flying today. And it was literally the only flight of the day of the week that had been canceled due to uh, – or at least from there, that had been canceled due to just them saying – we didn't want to fly. There were people who were on the flight from Grenada that morning who came with no stuff because they were coming <laughs> yeah. for business. Yep. And come to find out, they had to stay a night on the island uh, because yeah. the flight was canceled. The lo- the lone flight was canceled. Yep. There's, there's just, just a little yeah. Just a little context. So the our flight, I was the smart one and said, "Hey, we know these Caribbean Airlines might be a little wishy-washy. Let's make sure we book the direct flight because that's not the one that's not going to get canceled. There <laughs> were there were three flights on this airline that day that would have gone to Barbados and then to Grenada. Those flights took off and got to Grenada. The one we booked did not. Yeah, it was uh there were there were now these planes are not big obviously. Uh, small planes, but you know there was a, a United Nations party that they were screwed over by this. Um, like Donald mentioned, this poor Grenadian family, the whole family, just come for business, come for the day, nothing with them, you know. And everyone, and the thing is, and then there was the uh, the German couple too. Yeah, the yes, the, yeah, there's a German couple that like was with us the entire time, uh, super frustrated, and they were island hopping, so this was like just gonna completely wreck their itinerary. Um, and the thing is, you're used to, even here in the U.S., in a lot of countries, you are used to something goes wrong with the airline. They don't give you maybe the clearest of answers. But the answers from this were always just not even, you know, they would make up some other story or some excuse. They would just look at you and say, I don't know. <laughs> just have no idea. Like Donald would be like, well, the board over here says otherwise. I don't know. So... We are now hours of spending talking to the people in the terminal, talking to people on the phone. Their call centers are also very CONCACAF Nations League. Their call centers, one is in like <laughs> Trinidad, one's in Dominican Republic, one's in Florida. We needed the um, League A office and we kept getting <laughs> League C. <laughs> right, exactly. And the, yeah, and the different the different offices, the different regions and countries have given us different answers. I will say this, you know, those who know uh, this podcast or know Donald, usually very you know calm under pressure this just how bad the situation was i've never seen donald this upset and it was and there was a there was a point where we were using my phone and me and donald were just handing the phone back to and forth to each other purely because it's like i can't i can't with them anymore you take it and it was just going back and forth because we weren't getting clear answers um now the other crazy now again going back to grenada the goal was to get to grenada and what the airline was telling us was originally the first thing they said is, oh, maybe this is a mind you a Wednesday night. We can maybe get you there Saturday. <laughs> We're like the no, no, they didn't say maybe. They said the next flight might the next flight is on Saturday, right. maybe. And they and right. so right. I think all I heard because it was you uh, Vishal was on the phone when this happened, and it wasn't like a speaker. So all I hear is 
what the fuck do you mean maybe? And I go, what, what, what does maybe? What does maybe mean? What does maybe mean? He goes, they said they might fly on Saturday, maybe. And I go, give me the phone. Give me yeah. the phone. We Saturday's not good enough. We we, we so yeah. literally we had a so in the while this is all going on, the Shaw has booked us a flight on another airline that was scheduled to leave the next day. This airline was saying, we are going to just create a flight for you and we'll send you an itinerary sometime tonight on when you're supposed to be at the airport for this made up flight that they said was, you know, they were going to create out of thin air. And I had what was called the doomsday scenario, which was we were going to fly back to Miami, basically blow an entire day, fly back to Miami, spend the night in Miami and then fly from Miami to Grenada on Friday, the day of the game and land like two hours before kickoff. We were ready we were to going, tr- We were ready to do this. We were ready to do this to make sure we got to the game because that's what you do for card cap. That's what you do. Yeah, I, have, yeah. I have never missed the Nations League game, and I was not going to miss it because of this airline. And, and and for the listeners, I mean, just the logistically, we were legitimately. I mean, the like competing airline. You know, the fact that Donald was trying to get us to via American, like all the way up to Miami and back down. You're talking about three hours up, three hours back down. But we were also looking at ferries. Like, we were going to boat, kayak, dinghy. I don't care. We were, we were talking about renting a plane, like a charter, chartering a flight right, like, for, like, us and the, in the, uh, some of the other families that were stuck yeah. as well. We're like, yo, what? maybe we could just get on a flight. And they emailed me a quote back, and I was like, thank you for your time. Um, we're going we're to try and stick this out because it was a lot of money um, that we didn't yeah, have. We were, I, we, yeah, we were going to – I mean, even Tailspin, the Tailspin Bear pilot, <laughs> we were going to get this done. Um, and what is crazy about – so you live by the Caribbean airline, you die by the Caribbean airline. And what I will say about this is the next morning – both airlines, so both the original airline and the competing airline. The original airline, I think, was realized how angry not only we were, but every other passenger that was supposed to be on this plane. If it was, say, a United or American or Delta or Southwest, they would just say, we will put you on the next scheduled flight route and number. These guys, they just invented a route at eight in the morning or nine, whatever it was the next morning. And it was the same flight number with like maybe an additional letter from the evening before. So they just brought, came up with a plane, found a plane and came to get us. And we're now on the plane taxiing for departure for takeoff. And the whole time I'm in the terminal building and I'm saying to Donald Schmidt, Hey, should I cancel the other one? But both of them, rightfully so, were like, no, no, wait till we're like mid-air and then cancel. Sure enough, that's what I did. And that other airline deposited the money back right away. Well, no, so here's what happened. So that flight was was there. It was the plane was already there, or at least it was landing, whatever. And our plane, Vishal's on the phone because it was supposed to take off at nine. And at 945, this plane had not showed up. And so everyone on this that's supposed to be on this flight is like, yo, not again. Like, so we're sitting there like, yo, if this plane is not here by 10.05, we need to get on this other flight because we have a we have a ticket for that. So sure enough, the flight shows up. We see it land and we see the lady that was, uh, you know, telling us that she didn't know anything yesterday. She was walking back. She's like, flight has landed. So we're like, all right, we're grabbing everybody that we know this on the flight. We're like, see people just like kind of lounge around like, yo, yo, flight's here. Let's go. 
So we all rush on the plane. We take and, and we sit on. The, we're like on the plane. So like, yo, it's until we're in the air. Don't cancel nothing. So we fly. We finally land in Grenada. We go through customs and uh, Vishal has a bag because he had been flying all over planet Earth before that. So we're waiting for the bag. And thank God he had to check a bag because I happened to look up at the marquee that has all the arrived flights. And the other plane that we were going to latch onto was delayed. <laughs> and as soon as that happened, I said, Vishal, now you can cancel the flight. You call them and you say, this flight is delayed and we are not going to make uh, our our meeting. And so we need to cancel the flight. And so he called on the way to the hotel and said, hey, flight's delayed and in you know, we're not going to be able to make it in time for what we need to do. So we just need you to refund us for our flight. And they go, understood. No problem. We'll put that money no right back in your account. No problem. Yeah. Instant. And like the insane part about all this is, you know, the distance from Kingstown to St. George's Grenada, it like is 50 80, miles, 84 miles, right? 84 miles distance. And we were about to travel to all lengths of the globe to get 84 miles. It was a, we were in the air for maybe 20 minutes on that yep, flight. Yep. We didn't clear 10,000 feet. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you got up high enough. It's like, all right, prepare for a descent. Mm-hmm. And we had landing in Grenada and we had a good time, but we did have Bly in the bag, which is all that really mattered from this trip. Oh, I will mention, I will mention again, shout out St. Vincent, because after we left the airport, um, after not getting on our plane, the airline did not take care of our hotel. So we had to get one. And there was only really like one left that was that like the hotel we were just coming from was full for the night. The one that we were uh, uh, had been to before Beachcombers, that was sold out. But there was one right next to Beachcombers that had like two rooms left. We're like, we'll just grab one of those rooms. And I think we just, it was two beds. We just, you know, we're like, yo, we're going to be here for four hours, whatever. So we get there and like the German couple that was supposed to be on our flight is sitting there like, oh, hey, there's like two other people that end up being on our flight that were also there. It was like the 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 one hotel that everybody ended up having to go to. Um, And so we sat down and we're just tired. And I think we're just like, yo, we're just going to do a bunch of blind until we are tired enough to go to sleep. And that's exactly what we did. I think, I think yeah. Vishal and I had like a, like a little snack, but yeah. like, we're like, yo, just give us the blind until we're done. And then we will, we will go to sleep. And I think at like 5 a.m. the next morning, we had to get up to yeah. go to the airport. I had a blind and went to bed and just, it was a day. It was a yeah. day. Oh, we should say we did describe like the airport from the first trip. So in the time between our two trips, St. Vincent spent a huge amount of money and for the islands, you know, purposes on building a brand new airport. Argyle International Airport opened right around the start of the pandemic. Um, but they built it on the east side of the island, right off the water, large enough to take, you know, long range airliners. So there are now direct flights from the United States. We flew direct from Miami there. Um, there's flights from Toronto, I believe, and maybe British Airways flies as well. Well, we, I think when we, correct me if I'm wrong, when we were headed to 
our backup hotel that night that we ended up at, mm-hmm. we saw the Virgin Atlantic That's that right. island hopping on the way back to London. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Virgin yeah. Atlantic. And then also um, Air Canada flew uh, like every other day Yeah, from Toronto. So we yeah. so the reason why we couldn't do it is because um, it was flying down on Wednesday to fly back to Toronto on Thursday. And we need to get out on Wednesday. So we couldn't. Uh, we couldn't use that as an option. <laughs> Even consider going to Toronto, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, we were in worst case scenario there. We were just, we were going to, we, honestly, we we're going to do all the federations of CONCACAF in one trip to go 84 miles. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the airport, it is fairly nice, especially for like a Caribbean airport. Um, not necessarily a large airport. Uh, it did seem to have uh, some money from other governments that was contributed to build it. Uh, there's a pictures of Fidel Castro and Hugo Chavez on the wall to like to that level. Um, but it was nice and sufficient for the island. But yeah, now there's direct flights. Like I think next time we're just gonna you know take directs to and from. We're not yeah. Gonna- yeah, the, I I, tr- I trust American Airlines a little bit more than some yeah. of these other not to be named airlines that we could really drag, but you know there could be future sponsors. So I'm not going to not going to name names. I don't know about all that, but yeah. um, but no, the the idea is go down, enjoy paradise, and then when you leave, don't don't try to puddle jump because you're at the mercy of the puddle jumpers and. Sometimes you just don't want to jump puddles. And that's 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 how we got in our situation. But it worked out because A, we got three days on in paradise. We then went to Grenada, stayed there for three more days, and it was great. Yeah. Moral of the story is St. Vincent and the Grenadines is God's country, and everyone should visit. And my favorite place on the planet is Float Beach Farm. Uh, so shout out St. Vincent, shout out Hazrin, shout out Vince Heat, shout out Blue Lagoon Marina. We love you, and we will be back soon to drink all of the Captain Bly that you had. So thanks, Fish, for joining us. We have, we have some other business to attend to. And this is a part of the show called Real Team or Fake Team. Now, Vish, all being a supporter of the show, is well familiar. But if you're just tuning in, what we've got is soccer is an expansive place. And in our region, our beloved CONCACAF, some of these countries, they got soccer teams whose names sound made up. So we've got a collection of teams, some of them real, some of them fake. And you got to try to figure out what teams are real and what teams are fake just by hearing the name. So I'm going to let Donald lead off. We're going to alternate. We, Vish, I just wanted to let you know, we've had a zero out of six. We've had a six out of six. We've got the full spectrum. There are no expectations, but we want to see what, what your ability to discern CONCACAFness is. So, Donald, give us our first team. All right. So, our first team 
is pride and joy. Is that a real team or a fake team? Real team? Pride and joy is the fakest name for a real team I've ever heard in my <laughs> life, but it is a real team. That is a real team. That is in the first division of the St. Vincent uh, men's competitions. All right. My first team. Besco Pastures United. What? What pastures? Besco. <laughs> Besco Pastures United. Besco Pastures United. I'm going to go with fake team. Besco Pastures United is a real team. They finished eighth in the premier division of the St. Vincent League this season. I don't know those mid-table side. <laughs> All right, so you're, you're one of two. Yep. You're split so far. All right, the next one I have for you is Avenues United. Avenues United. That sounds real. Does it? Does it? Are you sure? I'm going to say real, yeah. Yeah, it's real. It's a real team. They are in the uh, top flight of St. Vincent football. Nice. All right, my next team. Bookman Bay Pirates. I think the, you're adding the Pirates to make it sound real, but I'm going to go with fake. Buckman Bay Pirates is a fake team. Uh, Buckman Bay <laughs> was the resort on the west side of the island that shut down in 2016, uh, right around the time when we were visiting. Um, also, can we yes. we we've gone this whole podcast, and I just want to quickly note that on top of all the things that St. Vincent is known for, Buckhamet Bay, that area of St. Vincent, is where Pirates of the Caribbean was filmed. And so yeah. there's a lot of references wow. to wow. Jack Sparrow and, yeah. and Pirates of the Caribbean on the island. Yeah, it should be noted that apparently the government is working with Sandals to take over that area and build a resort down there. Um, so we'll if you want that. people to test it out, um, DM us at PodkaCaf. We yeah. we'd be happy to check out sandals. Sandals sponsor us now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, so go ahead. we're three of four. I... Three or four. Uh, right? Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. No. Wait. Three or four. No. Three, two or four. Two or four. Two or four. Okay. Yep. All right. So the last one I have for you is Awesome FC. Because it's FC and not SC, I'm going to say it's a real team. Awesome FC, you think is a real team? Like, yes. how dumb are you? <laughs> I mean, actually, actually, actually you're not. You're, you're not dumb. Yeah, that is that is a real team. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a real team. Um, also, probably the greatest name we've had for a real team. It's just awesome. dare I, dare awesome I say? Dare I say it's an awesome name? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there you go. All right, and the final team. Glenside Ball Blazers SC. Are <laughs> right, you have to repeat that one? Glenside Ball Blazers SC. No, no, that, that's that's fake. Glenside Ball Blazers SC is a real team. They finished <laughs> sixth in the first division of uh, the St. Vincent competition this year. Ball Blazers SC. <laughs> Glenside. 
See, I set you up with Awesome FC and Avenues United, and you get yeah. <laughs> uh, just just for funsies, some of the cutting room floor. These are real teams. Uh, Bequia United. I mean, that's that's nice. Volcanoes, just volcanoes. That's the team name. So there is not even volcanoes like nope, dynamo. Just volcanoes. volcanoes yeah. Volcanoes. Just volcanoes. Yep. Wow. Yes. Uh, Royal SVG Police. Okay. Tony Store Jugglers. <laughs> Strike Force. And uh, what was the other one? I had a few. Uh, Hope, Inter- Hope International was good. Hope International. Bluebirds FC. Uh, N- North Leeward Predators. Oh, yeah. That's really and cool. System 3. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. not FC, FC, just system three. That's it. The logo, a bunch of cyborgs. I, I would be interested in the logo for the jugglers. Like, is it a guy juggling? Uh, we'd have to fit, we'd have to find that. I mean, I'd love to know. Holy shit. They've got, they've got an Instagram. Yes. The, the logo, the logo is like a tree. <laughs> Their 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 female side is in the premier division. Their men's senior side is in the second division. Wow. Their kits are not bad. Yeah, I'm gonna share this in the chat. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna look to see if Tony Store Jugglers FC has some merch. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Vishal, thank you for blessing us with your presence. No, thank you for having me on. Yes. Um, we're gonna chat more on our one more round episode. That you can hear on our Patreon. Uh, you just subscribe at patreon.com slash podcacalf. Uh, we've got bonus content there. These kind of podcasts. You can also uh, join us on our Discord to continue discussion. We got to get Vish into the Discord so we can talk about dumb podcast shit. Uh, Donald, where can people find you? At BlazingDW on Twitter and at StarsAndStripesFC.com. Uh, and we just want to say we miss you, Jonathan. Uh, since you're too busy to be here for this. Uh, you can follow him at, at jslapessp on Twitter and Broadway Sports Media talking about Nashville SC. Um, we've got more content coming up. Nations League is right around the corner. So tune in. Just make sure you like, subscribe, support. Tell your friends. St. Vincent, wonderful place. Oh, real quick. Oh, we're doing a giveaway. Uh, yes. We have some we have some merch that we're giving away. We're giving away a a hoodie, uh, a World of Concacaf hoodie, and a World of Concacaf black tank, which is going to be great for people who are going to Vegas. So follow our social media again at Concacaf. We will release how this is going to be given away in the coming days. So look out for that. We will give free merch if you can deliver us more. Exactly. All right, thanks for listening.